So how do you get a sense of belonging when you move to a new town? Well, you need to get involved and find ways to join the community. And that's today on our podcast. Hey everyone, it's Karen G from the Tower Hill Communications team. Thanks for tuning in to our weekly podcast. You can listen here each week to catch up on our latest sermons, and we hope that what you hear inspires you to want more so that you'll continue on your own personal faith journey. This week, we're on part three of our sermon series called The Heart of War. So let's kick it off to Pastor Jason Tucker right now. Good morning, Tower Hill Church Online. I'm Pastor Jason. It's great to be with you again today as we are in the final part of this three-part sermon series called The Heart of War, How Deeper Surrender Can Lead to a More Complete Victory. I hope that over the last couple of weeks, this has been an encouragement to you in your faith because I know for a lot of us, we feel like, hey, Jesus made me new. Why don't I feel like it? Why am I not getting any better at this Christian life? Or maybe why am I getting worse It seems like maybe years ago when I first came to know Jesus, I was in such a better place in my relationship with God, and and I keep messing it up. Is there something wrong with me, or is God penalizing me, or maybe I'm just not cut out to be a follower of Jesus? And of course, we know that those are lies. That's not it at all. It's just that struggle, because we still have the capacity to sin, we still run into our sin and the sinful effects of other people and circumstances in a broken world. And so just because we're struggling or maybe we feel like we're not as close to God as we should be doesn't mean that we are disqualified from following Jesus. We know the Apostle Paul struggled with sin and he struggled with things in his life that maybe shouldn't have been there. Uh, and he talks about it quite candidly, like here in Romans seven fifteen, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And I think sometimes the reason we get thrown off is because we think the Christian life is very uh, all or nothing. And sometimes this gets us into trouble. And that's why we love looking back at this book by Pastor Lane Adams called How Come It's Taking Me So Long, or How Come It's Taking So Long for Me to Get Better, And he wrote it as an encouragement for folks, and it turned out to be a big encouragement in his own life. He says that what he discovered changed his life. And that was, as he was thinking about his experience in the Pacific Theater in World War II, he saw a lot of parallels with the Christian life. For more on that, I'll encourage you to go back and listen to the last couple weeks as I unpack that a little more. But the bottom line is, the U.S. and her allies were always successful Uh, taking islands back from the enemy whenever they would establish a beachhead. And Lane Adams sort of, you know, kind of thinks out loud, what if this is like the Christian life? The beachhead God establishes is instantaneous. It's the invading of Jesus in our lives. It's Jesus's stake uh, to claim our hearts for him. He won't get pushed off the island, but it doesn't mean there's not more island left to be conquered. Yes, Jesus will never leave us. Jesus has has won the victory of our hearts, but it doesn't mean that the battle is over. The war is over, but the battle might not be over. 
He says the battle for the island called you is the long-range process of maturing, or maybe as we would say it in church language, spiritual formation. And a lot of folks, they're real quick to, like, again, I talked about last week, hitting the buzzer, disqualifying themselves because they feel like they're not good enough. Listen, being a sinner doesn't disqualify you. It's a prerequisite. And usually spiritual formation isn't as crazy as you think, or it doesn't require the big, huge steps that you even think it does. Sometimes it's a series of small, maybe even imperceptible steps that put you in position where God wants you. So we've talked about the first couple of steps in this process of surrendering the island of your heart to God. The first is let Jesus invade. Let Jesus invade. Let Jesus in. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's up to us whether we're going to let him in. And then once he does, we are made new. We are new creations. We are children of God because of his forgiveness in our hearts. But we still have more of the island to surrender because the enemy is dug in deep. Our sinful habits, our... Um, our behaviors, they are ingrained in there. And sometimes it's difficult stuff to root out. And usually when we're feeling far from God, it's because we've got some of that junk that is just still there, that we're still working through or that we haven't surrendered. And then once Jesus invades, step two is the process of surrendering the rest of the island or the journey of the Christian life, spiritual formation. We talked about that last week. And so today, the final step and really, you know, my goodness, you can probably come up with a million steps. But the final step in this sermon series is choose community. You've heard me talk about this before. I'm going to talk about it again because I think it is incredibly important in how we are formed spiritually. And don't just take my word for it. Take God's word for it. I mean, the truth is what? That wars are fought and they're also surrendered together. We don't fight wars just as individuals, and we don't surrender just as individuals. We do it together. The whole Christian life, the whole way that God forms our heart, hearts is has community baked into it. You ever go back through old photo books? Uh, I was doing this a bit recently, twice. One, because I was doing a big clean out during the pandemic when we were on lockdown, and I was looking for projects to do. And the other, when we just moved, most of you know, my family and I just moved uh, recently to another house in the same town. And whenever you move, right, you go through the whole process of going through all the boxes and the photos and and you end up getting sucked in. You get sucked into these old memories. And it's funny, when I reflect back on every major moment of my life, it is impossible to think about my life without thinking of community, without thinking of the people that were around me. In fact, I would say, depending on whatever the community was, is, is what shaped my life. I don't even think we realize it's as powerful as it is. I mean, you know this is true. Human beings are wired for community, and don't those social media networks know it? We are wired for community. We crave it. And we will go to great lengths to get it. We will try to fulfill it at great cost. I mean, why do you think... Uh, kids in the inner city who don't seem to have any other options or have a, a broken family or an absent family join a gang. It's not because the first idea in their head is I want to do violence. Not, I mean, not typically. 
Usually it's, it's for a sense of belonging. They crave that community that they're not getting anywhere else. And that craving, that longing is so powerful, it can drive us to go to great lengths to find it. And again, I mean, I just look at my kids, um, you know, and I look at other adults on social media and Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and all these things. And the power that it wields, likes, follows, unfollows, uh, streaks in Snapchat, like all of these things are all part, it's tapping into something that goes really deep in our human nature. We know this is true. This has been studied and it's what we observe, right? We crave community. Whenever you move to a new town, I know I moved a couple of times as a kid. You're always looking for, okay, who's my, who's my tribe going to be? Who are my people? I got to find it. So I feel my place in this place. Community is everything. In fact, what's one of the deepest questions of human existence? Are we alone? That's the question that keeps coming. Are we alone? Are we alone in the universe? Is it really just us? It's a, it's a primal fear that we have of not belonging. And listen, I don't care if you're a teenager trying to figure out where you belong and, hey, I belong with the athletic kids or I belong with the, with the music kids or the science kids. It, it's we have this our whole lives, right? We want to know where are people, where do we belong? And then, of course, Scripture affirms what we see with our eyes. Because think about what Scripture says about community. First of all, just think about creation itself. Is that in the, the story of Adam and Eve, what does God say? It is not good for man to be alone. That humans were meant to be in relationship with one another. Relationship with God and relationship with one another. Community is a part of our created design. Or what about the Abrahamic promise? The promise is for a people. Look at the stars, Abraham. Count the stars if you can. That's the number of your offspring. It's a people, a nation. Look at what Jesus talked about. What did he always talk about? The kingdom of God is like. What's a kingdom? A kingdom is a collection of people. A kingdom, you can't have a kingdom of one. That's not how it works. You can't have a, a I mean, I don't know. We try to have our own kingdoms, but um, a kingdom of God. He talks. Scripture talks about the body of Jesus Christ. We'll get to that in a moment. We are hardwired for community. So both experience and scripture affirm our longing for community. You ever wonder why? Why are we wired this way? Why did God make us this way? A scientist might say, well, it's protective instincts. Over millions of years of evolution, we realized that we needed to stay together, to huddle together, uh, so that you know we could be safer. A sociologist might say something like, it's our desire for acceptance. And what we realize is the reason we're wired for community if you're looking at it from a Christian perspective, uh, not to ignore nature or science or anything like that, but from a Christian perspective, a theological perspective, why are we wired for community? Because we are made in God's image. And what is God but living, breathing community? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I love this painting. I always pull out when I talk about the Trinity because I find it so powerful. It's a painting uh, by Rublev, and it's of the Trinity. And if you notice... Uh, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit around a table, but the op open end is facing us. That God is, God three in one, living, breathing community is inviting us in to be community with him, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
I know the Trinity is super confusing, and you've heard it explained lots of different ways. Maybe you had a Sunday school class, and they talked about an egg, right? An egg, oh, it's got three parts, but it's still one egg. It's got a yolk and a white and a shell, but it's all together, and maybe that's a way of thinking of the Trinity, or maybe H2O. H2O can be liquid, solid, gas, Still H2O, just three different ways of being. There are all sorts of ways of trying to get our heads around it, but really it's one of those things that's kind of a mystery. But what we do know and what Scripture is very clear on is that we believe God exists as three persons in one being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And this is what uh, we would say theologically, theologically, without confusion, right? So you don't kind of confuse the Father with the Son or the Son with the Holy Spirit. Without division, you can't pull one apart and from the other two. They're all together. Separation or change. Three and one, one and three. I think this is helpful too when you think of things like, and this is just kind of an aside, but you think about um, our view of communion, say, for example, versus the Catholic view of the masses. They believe that uh, the Catholics would believe that the elements actually become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And, and that presence is with you as you receive the host. Now, what the Protestants would say is, no, no, no. Um, the, the bread and, and the wine is still bread and wine. But Jesus is present because the Holy Spirit is in the elements. Again, you can't separate them. So whatever the Holy Spirit does, Jesus and the Father are doing it along with him. So, yes, Jesus is in the elements because the Holy Spirit is. Jesus is in us because the Holy Spirit is in us. And that kind of helps you maybe understand a little bit about how the Trinity sort of functions in our relationship with God. But the bottom line is this. God has invited us into community with him. But as we know, sin broke that community. You've heard there is no I in team. There's a big fat I in sin and it's right in the middle. <laughs> right? What is sin but the decision to reject community and be our individual gods. So sin has damaged that relationship. We need to be restored. And so that's why from the moment we're born, we have this spiritual longing. We crave restorative community with God and with one another because we are made in God's image. If God is community and we're made in God's image, we also crave that community that we lost because of sin. And just as a an example, I would say this is why during the pandemic, I think many struggled with mental health because of the isolation, the absence of community. When we live without community in our lives, I don't know how else to say it. This isn't particularly spiritual, but we get weird, <laughs> right? We start thinking all kinds of stuff and we have nobody to pull us back. We have nobody to encourage us to pick us up when we're down. We have no one to celebrate the journey with, no one to grieve the journey with. When we miss out on community that we find in God and, with one, and therefore with one another, we struggle, we suffer. Jesus conquers sin for us so that we can rejoin the community of God, including one another. So First uh, Corinthians 12, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of 
one part, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. That's always kind of a mystery, but it's a really powerful example about how we are all connected in community together. We are in community when when Jesus forgives us, when Jesus invades the island and we surrender to him. We have community with God, fellowship with God, because sin is eradicated, is forgiven. And we are able to have true community with one another. And throughout scripture, the community of God is described as as a body, interconnected, interdependent, and good for all. Like, it's good I have an arm. The arm ends up benefiting the rest of the body, so on and so forth. But I would say this, not all community is exactly the same. I think community, I think the community of Christ is different. In fact, it's in my opinion, through my experience, I mean, you might agree, you might disagree, but it's my opinion that you're never going to fulfill your longing for community until you find it in the body of Christ. It doesn't mean you can't have friends apart. Of course you can. You can't have good community experiences. Of course you can. But that longing, that deep longing, when you find it with other followers of Jesus, it's just different. As the kids say, it hits different. Here's from Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You notice what it's saying there is that we actually can't achieve maturity as Christians unless we are doing it in the body. I guess it's sort of like a team, right? You can be an individual member of a team, but it's all about the team working together in order to play the game. You can't do it by yourself. You got to do it alongside one another. And each of us has a role to play. I'd also say this. I think God's individual plan for us, like as we're on this journey of faith and we are surrendering the island of our hearts to God, I think God's plan and path for us is discovered in community. It's not just sort of like all by ourselves. It's discovered in community. As we are doing life with other people, it's discovered in community. It's sort of like um, in every superhero story. It seems like there's a moment when the hero is in terrible trouble. And there always has to be somebody to come alongside him or her and say, remember who you are. You are more powerful than this. You You can overcome this. You are the person who can do it. They always need somebody from the outside to encourage them, to remind them of what is true. And this is true in the Christian life. I feel like we need to walk alongside each other and be like, remember who you are. Jesus has taken the beachhead. You are a new creation. You are not that old person you once were. 
Don't believe the lies that people tell you. Believe the truth that God has told you. So, how do we do that? How do we choose community? Here's just three ways that maybe you can get started on this path of community. Because, you know, coming to church or watching online, that's good. You are participating and you're participating with other people. But that's a little bit different than kind of doing life with other Christians. So here are, here are three ideas. The first is realize that community has already chosen you, right? To be a follower of the one true God of Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In order to be a follower of God, have a relationship with God, that inherently is a communal enterprise. God is community, and we are joining that fellowship with God and with one another. Community has chosen you. So if you're wondering why those places in your heart, why you're struggling to surrender them, maybe it's because you're not really involved in, in community of faith, in the body. You need other parts of the body to help you along your journey. Second, do life together in the body. What does that mean? It's just kind of like what it sounds. I don't think it's overly complicated. Find ways to do life with other believers. What do you mean do life? I don't know. Call people. Go get coffee. Pray with each other. Care for each other. Go over to, go, go over to each other's house for dinner. Let, let the kids play together. Find an activity to do. Go serve together. Do life. Be in proximity with other people of faith as you're living your day-to-day -day life. Because what happens is... God speaks through that. God reveals things through that. God points us in directions, reminds us who we really are through that. And third, as God's plan emerges in each situation of our life, you got to test it out in community. This is so important because uh, I know sometimes, you know, folks would be like, yeah, I really think God wants me to go do this. And if there's nobody in your life, you could be like, are you sure? Really, that kind of doesn't sound like something God would do, or that really doesn't sound like you. What makes you think that? Hey, where in Scripture does it support what you think God's calling you to do? You need somebody to ask you those hard questions. You need to test the ideas, not just sort of think, oh, I have this idea in my head, therefore it must be God. Test it out. It could be God. It might not. You might have ate some bad fish. I don't know. <laughs> but you test it out in community. Remember. Brothers and sisters, wars are fought and surrendered together. So maybe a thing to reflect on or to ask yourself is, what's stopping you from choosing community? What's stopping you? Time? What's stopping you? Uh, convenience? What's the one thing you can do to connect with other followers of Jesus Christ? Maybe start there. Maybe you want to join this next round of small groups as they come up. Maybe you want to join one of the Bible studies that we offer. Maybe you want to just email somebody that you know from church and get together. What's one thing that you can do this week to choose community? I promise you it's going to make a difference. Imagine the kind of life we all will live if we feel like we are actively, willingly, surrendering our heart to Jesus. He's already claimed the island as his own. What we have to do is surrender the rest, and we do it together. And I promise you this, the more we surrender, the more complete the victory. <laughs>